Alright, uh, it looks like we're live, judging from the uh, the gameplay I'm seeing here. Hey guys, and what is going on? Uh, welcome to yet another episode of the Xbox Roundtable Podcast. This is show number 217, I believe. Wow, lots of shows now. Uh, your place on Sunday nights to kick back with a nice cold one and listen to some fun Xbox talk and more. That's how we do it here, of course. This is your host, Invader, and naturally, it's great to see you all here as more people start filing in. Uh, we've got quite a few things to cover on the docket. Uh, 343 Industries uh, shared some details on Halo Infinite's Season 2. We'll share our thoughts on those uh, details. Also, Xbox is hiring for a broadcast lead. We will be. Uh, we'll, do you guys think that we'll be seeing uh, more digital events for from them? Well, you know, we'll uh, we'll get on that as well as a few other topics. But first, let me introduce the panel tonight. And joining us tonight is our friend and community member, Crusader. Bud, great to have you back. Uh, how you been? I've been pretty good. It's good to be on, you know. Uh, Destiny release just happened, so that has been all-consuming. Leo Vegas is on. Yeah, pretty good. All right, all right, very good stuff. Again, great to see you, man. Great to see you. Uh, moving on here, Tim Dog, pal, how you doing? Doing good. I uh, got set up here, good. So I'm not on the phone, thank God. Uh, gonna have a good show. It might not be the long show, but we have a lot of good topics, solid topics that we can all, uh, you know, bevy through and uh, get you guys up to date. Couldn't have said it better myself. And uh, moving on down here, Centurion Bud. Hey, how's the gaming been? I'm good, man. Been playing a lot of Dying Light 2, having fun playing that one. Um, it's just been, I guess you could say, a little bit of a relaxing week outside of just working way too much. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely share those sentiments for sure. I've been working all weekend and... Uh... Yeah, man, I'm just ready to, uh, you know, sit back, relax, uh, have a drink, and just talk games. And, uh, hey, we got some pretty awesome uh, people in the chat here. Mike from uh, NLG. Hey, bud, how you doing? As well as many other cool people. Uh, guys, before we get started, just uh, a reminder that we are in a bunch of audio platforms. You know, you know the drill. Ones like Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, you name it, we're probably most likely on there. Uh, just search TXR for more options to watch the show or just to listen because, again, YouTube isn't optimal for everyone, and it, it's just kind of nice to have more options, right? Right. Uh, but let's see here, guys. Why don't we uh, you know, just get things rolling here and start off talking some Halo? And a few days ago, the creative head of 343, Joe Staten, he revealed details for Halo Infinite's Season 2 uh, for its multiplayer. It's called Lone Wolves. And it comes out May 3rd and will include some new modes, a couple of new maps, along with some other details that he dropped. There's been, well, a bit of a mixed reaction to it as some things are getting further postponed. Uh, you know what, I'll start off with our guest here, uh, Crusader, my friend. Uh, yeah, we'll kick things off with you. Uh, what do you think of this uh, update? I don't know if you've had a chance to really uh, take a look yeah. at it. Like, uh, you know, just I've give some it. insights, yeah. I'm a little annoyed that the multiplayer has been pushed back yet or the the co-op campaign has been pushed back yet again. At least they said it's coming during the season and not pushed the whole way back to like season 3. Um but that is really disappointing to me. Um 
I get it. Stuff takes time. Uh, you know, I work in the IT industry. Stuff sucks working from home uh, during COVID. I love working from home, but it, it in some cases it does make stuff hard. Um, the new seasonal stuff sounded cool. Um, the new modes. I'm happy that King of the Hills coming back. Very happy that King of the Hills coming back. Um, it's a little sad we didn't see infection, but we don't really, I guess, totally need infection back until like Forge is up and ready. Because um, Forge is a, uh, you know, Infection's way more important once you have Forge to create those custom modes. I mean, people do like it in matchmaking. I like it in matchmaking, but it's not the end of the world there. Um, the new armor they showed off looks cool. The new maps they showed off look cool. I hope there are more than two. I hope that there aren't just two, but the, both of the concepts that they showed off for that was, was really cool. Um, not totally sure why we couldn't get this update like a like two weeks ago um but because remember if anyone remembers joseph statton said uh, a couple weeks ago that they needed more time to get stuff in order and it, this was kind of a bare bones update like structurally wise i was expecting more of a legit roadmap of the full year as to what to tentatively expect and we only really got this is a couple things we're getting next season and then uh, like a very few things in the following season so i was expecting a little bit more in terms of hey these are this is our plan for the year you know because most live service games you get a general outline of the year whether or not that outline is content complete they're usually not but it's like hey th this is our general outline so I, I was hoping for a little bit more there i was a little bit disappointed but at least we got news and it the news wasn't totally bad mm -hmm. I, like Going through it, I mean, yes, there is some good stuff. We do have some more definite things coming out. Just the, I think a lot of people have been patient. Again, a lot of fans have been patient with them just to even, you know, just being open about, you know, what their roadmap is. Because again, most like of these live kind of service multiplayer games, uh, I know Halo Infinite is kind of a special situation, but like, most of them have a pretty detailed roadmap, and everybody's like, well, you know, what, what's going on here? Why haven't they kind of said something? And they they just kept kind of delaying, delaying. I mean, it's nice that Joe Staten, you know, he has his name attached to it. He, you know, uh, he said some con more concrete things. It's just at the same time, you know, May 3rd, it's like, okay, after what? Halo Infinite came out December 8th. So, you know, after, you know we have to wait, like, what, five months to get two new maps one arena and one uh big team battle map and i think they listed three modes here one of which is you know again a, a staple of halo king of the hill that goes all the way back to the first halo i mean it should, probably should have been their day one um it just i don't know it just, like it just kind of seems like i mean it's good that we're getting this content but at the same time it just it kind of seems a little bare bones not to mention the fact that uh, co-op is, I mean, what like the campaign co-op, the uh, they called it campaign network co-op. It's coming later on in season two, so it won't be there right on like the actual opening of this season. And the split screen, the actual split screen co-op is, well, as far as we know, it's getting pushed back. So, I mean, it just kind of like, you know, there's some disappointment there. Um, 
I mean, Forge, I mean, it's good that they're testing Forge. Like, they did make, uh, he did, like, come out and say, you know, there might be some open, like, testing for it. But it's the goal, like, the specific wording, the goal pretty much is to, like, to ship it in Season 3 still. So it's still a ways off. And, like, I don't know, man. It would have been nice to see Forge ship, you know, you know, like, you know, because a lot of those custom games, all this stuff that Forge does, you know, for the past couple of Halo games, Forge has been used to, you know, fill in, you know, some content, like, map-wise, right, with user-created content. So there is kind of a big gaping hole here. One thing I will say about Forge, and if people look back to Halo 5, this actually happened in Halo 5. Now, it wasn't as long, but they sent the testing for Halo 5's Forge out to the community, like, at launch of Halo 5, it was testing for in with some of the bigger Forge gurus. You know, the people that make the really cool maps, the really cool modes that, that are well known for it. Uh, their name, there's a couple of them, but I can't think of the their names escape me right now. Really good content creators on YouTube. Anyways, um, and some maps came out. Some big team battle maps came out in Halo 5's Forge before the Forge actually came out, because they allowed those content creators to. While they were testing Forge, they made these maps, and then they distributed the maps in-game. So we may see some stuff come out of Forge before Forge actually releases, as weird as that sounds. Mm. Because the people who are testing it are likely making maps and things like that, and those maps might actually come to us before then. It's, it's happened before. So on that regard, we might actually get a little bit of the content um, uh, drought covered by that. Hopefully, I'm very hopeful with that. Um, but they really need to do better with giving us a better calendar of the year. Um, and I'm not going to compare them to Bungie here because Bungie made Halo. I'm going to compare them to Bungie because Bungie currently has one of the best live service games on the market. Right? It's mm-hmm. only really behind like Apex and uh, um, Fortnite. Uh, Fortnite, right? So, you know. Looking at Bungie, what has Bungie told us for this year in Destiny, right? We know we're getting four seasons. We know we're getting... We just got our new raid. We know we're getting one more raid, they've straight up told us. We know we're getting two more dungeons throughout the year, and they're going to alternate seasons. So we know we're getting all this great endgame content. Right. They've told us that we're getting three or four maps. They've told us that they are testing two returning modes, that they're testing uh, a couple of new modes, and that they're going to have these um, test what they call Crucible Labs, because Crucible is the multiplayer in Destiny for those who don't play. And we're going to see, um, you know, so so they, they tell us these things. And they're like, yeah, we can't give you a definitive date exactly when these are going to come out because it's all in testing and things can change and we're working from home. But these are the things that are coming this year. And I think that 343 should look at that and be like, yeah, you know, they need to be more open with like, the varieties of things that we're getting, even if they cannot commit to a date, just tell us more, right? Just tell us like, oh, we have an additional eight game modes in the pipeline. We're not sure exactly when we can ship them all, right? But they're they're in the pipeline. We have this many maps. They're all in the pipeline. You know, mm-hmm. get, at least give me some of that if you can't give me exact dates because development's rough. That that mm-hmm. anything is better than nothing at this point. And even if you have to say, like, we're targeting this, but it's tentative, and if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. You know, it, it, these are the things that are coming, and these are, this is what we're trying to do. 
I, as a um, a person who loves live service stuff, I, I like having a game to come back to and come back to and come back to. That's why I love Destiny. I am okay with hearing that you missed your target date of things, but I, I need to know that things are actually coming to stay interested. Right. And right now in Halo, it just doesn't feel like things are coming. I mean, I, I know a few things are, but just, just tell us more. Get, well, give I, us more. I think they want to be uh, open with the community, but I think what you had happen here is you had a game that was in development hell up until release. Uh, they had a ton of contractors, all of whom left once <clears throat> the uh, you know the game was released. Uh, they also were, I wouldn't say crunched, but they were definitely worked to the point where they needed a vacation. Yep. And uh, all that stuff kind of played itself out. And that's why they pushed everything back. Uh, and if you read what Joe said, he talks about getting to a point, uh, which I think you detailed with Bungie's at at the, at, at the present time, but getting to a point where they can, uh, you know, get things going and doing it in a healthy way, you know, obviously not overworking themselves and get the content flowing. So... I think right now uh, they are in the process of rebuilding their team. Uh, they lost their uh, the the head of the multiplayer just uh, just uh, moved on, mm. which is not uh, you know it's not uncommon. So the the multiplayer lead just left, and now you have basically Staten rebuilding the uh, same way he rebuilded. The uh, you know the when we saw the bad reveal and and he had to do this. so uh, I I just think if you read his letter or his you know his plea to the fans, um, I think that I think yeah they definitely should be called out. Uh, I don't think that they should have been put to the point where you know top community con con creators of Halo was saying that they ghosted the community. Uh, that's not going to happen here. They just needed a little time. Yes, it's taking a lot of time. Yes, there's people that want to see this game, play this game, have more maps, have more content. Uh, it's just uh, has to be a way that they can physically do that. And they're not going to crunch, okay? Those days are over. They're not going to, uh, you know, they're not going to... Uh, you know, undermine the product itself. They're not going to release something that's that's not sh that you know it's good. Um, but I do think, you know, I had a lot of you know I know the community is upset, the Halo community, and I had a lot of people saying, you know, Tim, you know, you're making excuses again. They you know released their game a year later and it was still missing stuff. We still don't have this. And I said, you're right. But I said, you know, I just don't understand the fact that I do believe in a year. And this is what I told those people. I said, let's talk in a year. If by then they don't have a constant flow of content, uh, really ramping up the game, uh, endless being talked about and teased and or teased and or shown, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I just think that they fell 
at this point they needed that break and basically they released something and they got away with it and it was it was good 87 metacritic where uh this could have been a complete disaster so there was a big sigh of relief but there was also a big say hey we need to recharge and that's why you have all these delays they're not ghosting the community they're actively rebuilding the team uh staten's on top of it so I think if you just stick with it, I think Halo fans will be happy. It's just going to take time. They're, 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 and, and, and I've talked to people too, and they said, you know, their plan is, is absolutely huge. And, you know, it's just them about, it's just, it's just going to be about them nailing it. So they have the plan. It's going to just take time and it's going to take effort. And obviously it's going to take, you know, um, you know what's going on right now to to get it to to get it uh, to where it needs to go. I, I do think the community, as much as pissed off as they are, they'll be the ones playing day one, loving it. So when when the first season two comes out, and or if season three is come come out and it has like four maps, as what people want. Um, but yeah, it, it's been a little bit of a tough run. Uh, I think three four three just needed to just. Uh, kind of you know recharge reset go on vacation um you know try to try to you know take a big sigh of relief that they they actually didn't fail this thing and they got a, a good engine on their hands they they know that they they know they have potential and i just think that just like with the halo community in itself i don't think you have to worry that much just think that just got to kind of realize that that was the situation that put them in 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 that in that funk or at least you know I, i'm pretty pretty much from what i heard too uh, i even i saw something reading that the lone wolves the way they came up with that name was because the day after it released they went to an empty office mm-hmm. and there was three three people working and those three people came up with the idea of the lone wolves because they were the last ones left so um, you know, this is from what I heard and, you know, went on and I think it's kind of obvious too, but yeah, they're, they're, you, the Halo community has a right to be disappointed, but you know, this is, this is just the way this, this whole development process has been painstakingly, you know, hard and, and just is where it is now. It still hasn't been the smooth, uh, you know, transition that you would want and, uh, you just gotta have a little faith in Joe, and you know, know that he, you know, kind of turns it around. And I think he'll get this to the point where people, you know, are are happy and they're not, you know, complaining. I mean, I do agree, Tim, that I have enjoyed the game. I do think, like for example, that can the campaign is a lot of fun. You can do a lot of stuff in it. Um, the multiplayer, like. I, I love the actual gameplay itself and the maps. I mean, you know, it's all about personal opinion. I, I actually really do like the majority of the maps. Um, I get, Again, I just think, you know, people are, are just kind of like, well, again, there's not a lot of modes there. There's only like a handful of them. And, you know, it's a lot of people are just kind of bored with what there is at the moment. And, you know, I understand the times for sure but uh yeah I, I mean i do think that the halo community and just you know again uh having this uh free to play live service you know people are just kind of 
you know, I've seen some of the stats, and I mean, it doesn't look great, uh, like player base wise. I mean, there's still a whole lot of people playing the game, but like they do need to pump out some content here. Uh, Centurion Bud, I, I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, what do you think of Joe's statement? Um, you know, uh, 343 coming out with, uh, these details. Do you like what, uh, what you read, what you heard, or, uh, do they have some improvement here? Well, uh, am I, do I like what I read or, that's the only thing. I'm not exactly dedicating a huge amount of my gaming time to Halo, so is this going to get me up in arms? No, but it does get me thinking that it is. Um... So I have two thoughts for this. The first one is it's actually rather disappointing to see this take place with the Halo franchise. Um, you know, with all the trouble that has been associated with Halo Infinite, all the ups, the downs, um, all the emotions that have been shared, it's it's really tragic to see this taking place that, and that the developers are they're having a little bit of trouble especially when it comes to the co-op side of things with multiplayer and i think what was it that i read in one of the articles on what was going on it had something to do with uh, the progression like sharing progression between the two players and you know there is obviously some complications involved in um people wanted a groundbreaking change to the Halo franchise and there was a groundbreaking change made to it and that is going to affect gameplay into the future. Um, it might even affect how certain things worked when it came to co-op, especially with split screen. Um, but definitely with the multiplayer side of things, I do find it very interesting. I understand that people want more. I understand it's all about content and what you can provide the consumer to keep them engaged with the product. But I'm also very confused because some of the most groundbreaking games of last generation that have helped build companies like Epic Games was Fortnite. And the original game of Fortnite um, is nothing associated with what Fortnite is. Now, what Fortnite is associated with is a battle royale mode which is the same repetitive thing over and over and over again. And I never got that with Halo Infinite. One moment you were playing um, Team Deathmatch, next minute Capture the Flag, Hold the Skull, um, all the other little different modes. They had events. But I swear, I just feel like I never got sucked into the Battle Royale craze, which is a very big craze. But it's the same repetitive thing over and over again. So I'm just very confused on why everybody is making these very large demands for content, content, content from 343 Studios, but we can see like groundbreaking player engagement numbers on games that are just really the same repetitive mode over and over again. But that that's just me. I mean, I think there's a lot of good points that, you know, everyone on the panel's talking about. I just, obviously 343 as a whole, like, it's tough, and I and I and I get that, but I, and it's good that they're again that Joe came out about this a few days ago and you know laid a groundwork. But it would be nice to actually see like what they like. I think again, like the fan base would just be a little more receptive if they actually just showed what they have planned. Like um, again, just for like the next 
nine, 10 months, you know, have an actual groundwork laid out and be like, oh yeah, you know, we see that. Or, you know, show some tidbits, right? Show, uh, like they're very secretive about Forge, for example. It's like, well, show us, you know, so, you know, just tease us with some things about, you know, what you want to do with Forge or again, tease some maps or, uh, you know, whatever modes you got planned and so on. However, guys, I, I mean, I, you know, saying that, I will say, though, there was some cool stuff uh, that he did kind of hint at. Like, for example, they showed off, you know, some new armor. And, you know, there's some actual character stuff there that they showed off. Like, he talked about some names of these Spartans and stuff that we'll get to do with our multiplayer Spartan and uh, that one that we met in, like, the Spartan Training Academy, uh, Commander Loretta Green, I think her name was. Uh, it just sounds like they're teasing, like... Uh, a new kind of Spartan Ops to me, if I'm not mistaken. Because I don't know if you guys remember, like, Bonnie Ross and them, uh, they had teased uh, before Halo Infinite came out that they would have, like, uh, you know, th that multiplayer would have its own story in a lot of ways. And I think that they're teasing something with, uh, you know, again, with our own Spartan, which would be pretty cool. Um, but again, I want them to be more open about that and just, you know, again, maybe now hype that up a bit. Now, when you say open, if they were to come out and say this is kind of what we're aiming for in the next year to year and a half, but we will not release any dates of when this content will be available, would you still be cool with that? Yes. See, well, I, um... I feel I feel like putting a date on it is it is it probably an excruciating problem for any developer right now. Um, especially for one that's in three four three three four three's position with some of the difficulty that they've been having the crossplay and all the other good stuff that comes with the multiplayer between last generation and the next generation consoles and PC. Um, but that's where I'm like, are they don't wanting to release a date because of what's going on? They, I think the multiplayer thing had or at least the co-op thing is taken way longer than they thought it would. So maybe they're just not wanting to release dates. Mm. I just think that it's not so much putting, setting a date. I just think that, you know, some fans just want to see, well, what do we have to look forward to? And I, and, and I think that's fair, you know, just to like, uh, just to see like, again, some kind of a groundwork being laid out and just, you know, tease us with something like show us some stuff that's coming in forge, you know, that might be ready and so on stuff that they're excited for. So, you know, I just that they again, they've been really quiet. And I and I think most people understand that, again, uh, their studio has been going through a lot the past year or so. I mean, most studio game studios have. Right. And there's probably a lot of turnover right now as well because of the, you know, the campaign being finished and so on. And then they're uh, prioritizing some other stuff, too. Again, they have that uh, DLC endless coming. We have no idea when and so on. They have a lot of stuff going on. And 343 is a massive studio with multiple moving parts. They have the show uh, releasing soon. Again, lots of stuff. Uh, but I just think some people just visually want to see some stuff that, you know, they can, you know, generally look forward to, right? You know, is that too much to ask? I don't know. Um, as, as someone who has been in the Destiny community since it started, this is a massive problem that we had for like six years that we were just starved for information and it took them time, but they, they've developed basically a, a thing that they do every year where we get a state of the game. And at that state of the game, they're like, 
this is all the feedback we've been gathering from you. You guys hated weapon sunsetting. Well, guess what? We're getting rid of it starting, we hope, for targeting this season, but it'll definitely happen by the expansion. Uh, you guys want more endgame content. Well, guess what? We beefed up the size of our endgame content team, and you're getting two raids and two dungeons next year. Um, you guys told us that uh, the last expansion, we didn't have enough weapons. Well, guess what? We tripled the size of our uh, our loot development team, and you're going to see that over the course of the next few seasons, and it's going to cap at when the expansion launches. And th they have mastered it so that like once a year, we get this huge info dump, right? And then every season, we get basically like a little roadmap calendar of what's going to happen during the season. And I think that that is a big thing that they need to look at, right? Because we're basically, what? They, they announced the uh, the dates of like, what are the, the, the 10 Rai events, right? They announced those like the day they happen, which is so not great. Um, I would like to have a calendar of season two that's going to tell me when all of the fractures are going to happen, when all of the, um, what other ever other mini events, like the, we had like what, was it cyber ops or some tactical ops or something like that? There was the, the mini yeah, ones. Yeah, there's a tactical ops, I think, uh, just, releasing, I think it's later this week or next week, something just, like that, yeah. Just <laughs> give me a calendar of the season. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to include stuff that you don't have dates for, but I guarantee that, like, you can see in the Halo API right now when all of the Tenrai events are scheduled. But the average person doesn't know how to look at the Halo API, right? And they're not going to go and look at an obscure Twitter account. Put out, publish an actual calendar for us of the just regular events that aren't really surprises. Um, that that's like basic live service game 101. Like you you know the stuff that's coming, right? And the surprise stuff, like you don't know they don't know when the co-op's coming. Fine, you know, just put that as a tentative thing, like sometime this season. But w give us an actual like calendar. Give us an actual roadmap of some kind. And if there's stuff you can't put dates to, but you can put a target like targeting season three, then fine. Just put mm -hmm. in a little area targeting season three and like th this is stuff that like fortnite does this is stuff that apex does this is stuff that destiny does just it, i know that they want to be different but there are some things that don't need you don't need to totally rework right you want to innovate on how people announce stuff and stuff like that fine but use the the, the basic formula that these gigantic live services have figured out to to show things to your public um that like that's the biggest thing just uh, generic things i want to know when they're coming like i know when like basically every iron banner is coming in destiny they, they come every four weeks we, we we know this it's just a it's a thing i, I would like to know when every tenrai event is coming in halo is that is that too much to ask you know what i mean give me a calendar mm -hmm. yeah i mean <sighs> Again, I, I don't like, I mean, hating on, like, 343, and that's not what I'm trying to do here, because, again, I, I do really enjoy the game, and I, I do think it's wonderful in a lot of ways. Um, probably the most fun I've had with Halo in years, years. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I agree completely. Uh, and, and, like, this isn't me being strictly, like, 343 bad. It's just, look at what your competition has done, and emulate it but in your own way 
not even their competition. You see, I was going to say, I actually see now where you're coming from when it comes to a calendar. I'm so, um, see, I've been playing, that, don't they? well, actually I've been playing elder scrolls online for a very long time and yeah, they we do. have, yeah, we have planned events every single year. We have certain events that take place at certain parts of every year, but then there's also rogue ones that take place that, and they give you a pretty good, I want to say like they let you know about two, three weeks in advance before those events don't, I mean, take place. And there's multiple of like websites that publish these events where you can read them. Um, I could totally understand where you're coming. Like they just every yeah, I mean, year, every year the Zenimax holds an event for Elder Scrolls Online, showing what the next year is going to give the consumer or the player. And just now, like this last January, they just released uh, the next expansion preview, and I already pre-ordered it, and I'm ready to go, and it releases in June. Yeah, and the other thing that I'm, I fear is that some of this information, some of these big things, Microsoft wants to hold until their next big showcase. And while that's fine, for Halo as of right now, the Halo community kind of needs it now. And just holding it for a big showcase feels like you could you could go more in depth at the showcase and just give the community a bone now. You know what I mean? Like, be like, hey, give us like a code name and be like, it's a PVE activity. We'll have more to tell you in the near future, and then you can use it at a showcase and and do cool. But, but like, Microsoft has this weird thing where they must hold like all information for like four months until a showcase happens. And I, I know we're going to get into this in a little bit, but they, they need to not. <laughs> mm -hmm. And especially with uh, like live service games, like before they could hold all of the Halo things till a showcase because a, ha a Halo release was a release, you know, well, it, they, it wasn't really a live if, service. They let Sea of Thieves come out on exactly. YouTube and, ha and have these little conversations. They should probably be able to let 343 or somebody yes. representing 343 have shit, a 10, 15 minute and video. My fear is is that they think that Halo is too it's it's too big for them and that it must be at their main showcase because it's that important but it can't be in the live service area era it it, it can't be if that's what it wants to be like the the news needs to come when the news is ready it doesn't need to like if the news is ready to go it should go it shouldn't be we have this news ready to go but we're going to hold it for 2 months because we have a showcase in two months that that's you can't do that with like they could do that with like a campaign for halo infinite but like if, if they're holding any kind of like seasonal news or anything like that that needs to go now um it it, it if it's ready to be announced it, it needs to be announced for any and that goes for any of their live service things in the future sea of thieves um you know what other they, like fallout 76 stuff you know that, that stuff shouldn't be necessarily held. You know, if it's like two weeks, like the news has been ready and like two weeks is a showcase, that's that's a little different. But um, I, I just have this feeling that Microsoft wants to hold all of their stuff for their big bespoke showcases when it could be announced earlier. And that, that's a shame. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah, no, and I, I think that's a fair, uh, fair thing to say, Centurion. I mean, I mean, sorry, uh, Crusader. And again, there's a lot of fair points. I see some points in the chat, too. Um, you know, I mean, they, again, 
they do have the situation where, you know, there's a global, you know, bug that's been happening for the past year or two. I mean, all companies have had to go through it, but, uh, and I, I do feel for them, you know, again, uh, a lot of them have just returned to the office in recent months, you know, working from home isn't exactly, uh, the best thing in a lot of cases for a big team to communicate and so on. And I, I totally understand that. Uh, it's just, we see other teams, other studios be a little more like open with their, their fan base, their community with regards to, again, uh, just, you know, having some more clear roadmaps out. I just, it would be nice to know again, what was, you know, what's specifically coming, you know, what, what route they're taking doesn't have to be, uh, laid out in stone, doesn't have to have any dates, just again, you know, vague, you know, uh, this month, this month, or just, again, you know, little corridors and so on, right? Like, just something that we could be like, oh, okay, all right, that's coming for sure. It's just, again, there's like a big question mark about everything, and just kind of makes, you know, people wonder and lose interest that way, so it's, it's kind of a shame that way, but again, I love the gameplay, the game is fun, I just need something to stick around with. Um... Guys, anything else to add to this before we move on? No? Yes, no? Okay, I think we'll uh, move on to something else. But, again, we can go on talking about 343. I, I, I really love Halo Infinite, and I do see a lot of love in the chat for it. I understand everybody's uh, points. I really do. Um, you know, we'll just have to, you know, take 343 at their word and, uh, you know, see what they have down the line for now. I just, again, I wish that they were a little more... Uh, had a little more laid out. That's all. Um, okay, let's go on to another interesting topic. And guys, a uh, a very interesting uh, job posting was found a few days ago. Xbox is apparently looking for an Xbox broadcast and events lead. That's, and I quote, responsible for building and delivering a world-class strategy that is innovative and showcases the future of storytelling at Xbox. Now, there's a few things that kind of go through my mind with this, uh, especially, you know, the storytelling aspect of it that's put in there. But again, I want to hear the panel's thoughts on this. Uh, Tim, but I'll hit you up here first. Uh, what's your take on this job posting? Is this like a hint that we'll be seeing, I don't know, possibly more shows in the future? Like, what, what do you think this is a hint at? Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's definitely, listen, they have... I <laughs> 30 studios with Activision if it goes through uh there's going to be there's still even without Activision there still is a ton of games unannounced uh people are saying up to 50 uh projects going on um you know listen with the way they've been hiring the way they've been we all the things that we've detailed throughout on the show through the years since 2018 uh, there's going to be a ton of games. Now, with that, uh, you're going to have a lot of shows. So you're going to have E3. You're probably going to have XO or something equivalent, and you might have another show, an indie show, uh, usually that they like to play on in the beginning of the year. Um, but I think what they're looking for with this, it's interesting how they worded it and how uh, it was presented for the fact that I think they want to they want to build a relationship with the fans and they want to tell the story of how they became who they became and what they're all about 
And to me, the way they handled the, uh, or whoever handled the, the six-part documentary or that thing of, of, of everything that went wrong with Xbox and how it, it grew up and and uh, where it is now, I, I felt like that was really done well. And I think what they want is they want a show that's going to obviously be uh tell all the you know all the good stuff but i do think that they want to go for an emo- um, emotional uh side uh you know telling the stories of the the, the creators the uh the people like phil people like um uh you know you know just just all the people that that have been there through the years um and uh Honestly, I feel like it's a step in the right direction. I think that they they got the right idea here. Can they execute it? Um, that's the only time will tell. At the end of the day, gamers care about one thing. What is that? That's games and what the games look like and how they present themselves. So if the games do the talking, this is going to be very... Uh, you know, it's sequential. You know, it's just people are going to be happy. Um, what they don't want is these consistent mistakes where they show these shows and they're four hours long and they only have 20, min- 20 minutes of pertinent information mm-hmm. and the, the the rest of it uh, has people frustrated. Um, I just think that they, uh, they, they, they're smart for doing this and... Um, you know, I can think of people in the community, obviously, probably not qualified for the job because you have to obviously have uh, some type of, you know, college and or and or degree in this stuff. But I can think of people in the community like Clobral, who actually I saw the post that could really help out with just even consultation or um, making the people who are making the story or telling them. Uh, give them a little bit about the history and how the community is and how everything that that we what we you know you know what we've seen and how um like just the history of it all I, I think people want to hear those stories there's still a ton of stories to be told uh last generation should be a, a freaking uh a, you know, you could go over last generation and how much turmoil and how much uh, they rebuilt themselves back up. And, uh, you know, the good times are going to start to roll. They've already started to roll. But I think the Xbox future is extremely bright. So uh, this type of, of you know, listing is, is a recognition of all that. But they just want to be able to tell it in a way that could be, you know, just done well like i i sony does it when they have done their shows have done you know i remember their shows they've done pretty well but xbox over the years has gotten a lot better but we could also remember when xbox was doing things like uh inside xbox and people weren't happy you know what i mean they were saying that they just weren't going along with it or going about it the right way and um i i think that they're willing to spend a little money so that they can have a first uh, class, you know, storytelling 
you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, social unit that can basically tell the stories that, 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 you know, all these creators think about it. We should know more about the guy that made Hellblade too. Oh, Hellblade, uh, Tadim, I think his name is. Yeah. Uh, he's one guy that you, you look at. There's a story of, um, uh, you know, uh, obviously double fine, Tim Schaefer. There's so many people within Todd Howard, there's so many people within the Xbox, uh, you know, world right now and or enterprise or just everything that it encapsulates, but they're big time people that you would love to hear about and, and you know, have them tell their stories. When Starfield comes out, I think you're going to get a little bit of this, what they're talking about. There's a whole story to be told about this game. And if it's as good as what they're saying it is, and I've heard even up recently that just the game is just blows people's minds. If it is that, and it does that, um, and or even comes close to what Elden Ring just did, uh, you know, there's that story that has to be told behind that. And I'm all for that stuff. I'm all mm-hmm. for the nostalgia, and I'm all for talking about this community because we are a special community. We're a closed-knit community, and we've been through a lot. Like, you know, I, I can honestly say Xbox community from last generation, uh, you know, we could have folded up and, you know, just, you know, you know, cried in the corner. But, you know, you've had – look at how many content creators – Every day you go on YouTube, there's an Xbox show. Uh, sometimes two or three shows that day. Sometimes from 6 p.m. all the way to 12 p.m. You have Iron Lords with six-hour shows that's covering everything. I mean, it's just a special community. And all of this, the whole entire thing that I, I think, you know, just, be, just relatively speaking, that as an Xbox fan for my own personal experience, you know, of what I've seen. I want to hear that story told. I want to hear the stories of Matrick uh, and the stories of Meyerson and, you know, maybe that they can let a little open up, open, open up some of these, you know, these, these situations and go into them. And also I want to learn about the, the creative talent and I want to, you know, I, I would like for all this to be done. And also, have shows and you know uh the way they do the shows um i'm not worried about like e3 because you have bethesda peter hines uh you know you have all the people with xbox that they've done their e3s and stuff um so i'm not worried about the shows itself i honestly think it's this to be a part of those shows but a little bit of the storytelling aspects and that's what i just detailed for the last five minutes that's the type of stuff that you're going to get. That's my guess, and um, I, I think that it's be a very good idea. Yeah. I mean, just to piggyback on that, yeah, it'd be really cool to have these different uh, developer interviews or developer heads, for example. I mean, it'd be cool to learn more about uh, Shinji Mikami over at Tango Games, for example, the creator of bloody Resident Evil and so on. Um, like you said, Tim Schafer at Double Fine there's many others, Todd Howard and so on. Like, there's a lot of stories to be told there, and I think people would love to learn them. And 
I mean, Tim, I, I, I know I don't need to tell you about this, but like content is king as well. And you look at what Xbox, the Xbox division is building right now. Uh, they still aren't there yet really with like the content, but, but it's coming. It's coming. Cause I mean, you look at all the studios that they have, it's def it's certainly coming maybe by like 2023, 20, 2024, we can see like, um, an unleashing of like all these studios that they have. I mean, obviously Starfield's coming out this year and I don't know, next year's looking pretty bright from, uh, you know, just like the way that things are looking. You know, it would be interesting, too, to have, like, these little... I mean, Xbox already has, for example, their E3 show. I mean, it would be nice to have uh, an XO one of these days, uh, hopefully, in, you know, maybe later later this year if things are looking good. They also have BlizzCon and and so on. You know, they, you know even from all these studios they acquire, they have all these different shows... And I, you know, I, I kind of wonder too if they'll have like these little intermediate shows in between something like a Nintendo Direct, right? Because you know, again, they're gonna have all this content to show just eat on their first party alone. Uh, it's it's really looking up. And when I see these kinds of job postings uh, for like again fan interaction and so on, I mean, it really speaks that again they really want to interact and grow the the community and the brand. It just it looks really good, um, and they want to reach out to the fan base overall. Uh, all right, going down here, Centurion Pal. What do you think about this uh, job posting? Uh, what do you think it points towards? Um, it points towards what's already been kind of been pointed towards. Excuse the pun. Um, just from Microsoft trying to purchase Activision, that's a whole nother debate in itself. But from them wanting to purchase Activision, um, we already saw them purchase Bethesda. They are obviously wanting to grow gaming uh, into a much bigger part of the Microsoft umbrella. They obviously need um, an avenue of advertising these games, uh, creating hype for these games, um, definitely um, nurturing the community, getting information out there. Uh, Tim Dog uh, mentioned Inside Xbox. I actually enjoyed watching Inside Xbox back when it was like, in my opinion, way more, uh, more, shall I say, it just feels like it ha it's fallen to the wayside now. But I remember when it used to always be on the dashboard and you can always see something. Some of it was cringe. Other times there was things that were really interesting. You got to see a glimpse of games that were coming and other fun stuff like that. Um, it definitely... Microsoft does need to capture um, some of the momentum that we've seen right here on YouTube, that there is a lot of people that are always uh, gaining notoriety, notoriety for um, putting out info, showing content um, and just nurturing the community. And Microsoft needs to embrace that. They need to uh, be able to put out more content that is relevant towards what the community wants. Some of this stuff like Microsoft, I mean, excuse me, Tim dog mentioned earlier about sometimes just the things in between the stuff you want to see are very, very boring at times, especially on some of these gaming events, not just Microsoft, like no offense to Jeff Keighley summer of games, but 
some of that stuff is just extremely just fast forward through it. Don't care. And you just get to the game trailers. Um, but this, all this really points to is that Microsoft has some big, big ambitions for gaming and that they are definitely wanting to expand their horizons. And I am hoping we are going to always have a show to be looking forward to, you know, every couple of months, it would be awesome to have some kind of show to kind of just uh, get us hyped for what's next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a show per se, but at the same time, I mean, when I it's... say show, I say something like Xbox yeah. on, I'm not like, they don't need to go out there and make like this huge E3, E3 presentation. Like Crusader touched on it earlier. We could have something pop up every two or three months for Halo. Um, there is just a number of IPs out there that Microsoft can definitely get to shall I to turn the fans' heads towards the Xbox ecosystem every couple of months. Whether it's a great, great show that's hours long um, on YouTube or just a simple 10, 15-minute skit video that just shows us games that are coming out for Game Pass, games that we have look looking forward to as new releases. I mean, there's lots of stuff to feed gamers. Mm-hmm. Like I think Tim brought up a really good point too. Like that that documentary, the Xbox Power On, oh, for example. Definitely, like, yeah. That that's a good example, like of stuff that people remember. There's a really interesting thought pros- process involved. They broke it up really well. Yep. And, and that yeah. that that's that's I think that's what they're gunning for, or I think that's the type of the reaction that, that that they they kind of kind of need in a way like they, they they're on the right track with this i just don't know um if you could duplicate it or get those same people but um yeah i think with the power on xbox uh stuff and that show and just the way it told the story and just the way xbox fans were after that like i remember on twitter People, even like people who weren't even Xbox fans at the time, like were just, you know, they gave it respect because it just was, uh, it was a good way, it was a good story that they told. I mean, and they really did a good job. And if you haven't watched it, watch it. You know, it's, it's crazy. You see, Phil, Phil was a part of a team with Bonnie Ross that basically was doing nothing all day for, for months, you know. They were like the, uh, the the video game team. And just to see how far it's gone. And, and uh, yeah, that that is example. That power on the way the, the way they presented it, the way they, uh, I would say, the way they, they, they got the emotion out of uh, it all and conveyed it and the, you know, people watching it and who, who all, all, everyone who watched it pretty much all the same. I never heard somebody say anything bad about it. Everyone was like, wow, what a great show. And, you know, or, and or discussed something that they, you know, saw on the show that was interesting to them. But, um, yeah, they need those stories. They need, they, they need to, uh, you know, not saying that, you know, uh, I know that they're a corporation and I know that people say, yeah, big corporations don't care about you. But I have to say, in a lot of instances, Xbox 
has kind of went opposite of what you would think that you know uh you know these big bad corporations do you know they're at the point where uh you know people are saying game pass is bad uh because it's too good you know there's too many value to it mm-hmm. uh you know you know so uh, you know i i don't know any any I don't know any really. I I can't think of many corporations that did what they did with Xbox Fan Fest. Uh, you know, executives. You know, with their hair down, talking to fans, taking pictures of it uh, all day long. Just being embedded in the community. Even some of the executives becoming friends with fans and. You know, going to dinner with them and going to baseball games and stuff like that. Like, there's the, there's a lot of stories, and it's because um, they they they've pretty pretty uh, done a pretty good job just overall, just just with the community and um, you know uh, you know the things that they've done with you know disability gamers and giving people all a chance to play that story is is an emotional one and uh dear to the heart to a lot of you know people and you know they're doing that and they've done that you know for the for f- because they want people to play and they want they want the, you know they want everyone to play and you know they put a rd on their own hands to to make the accessibility controller and again, it's those stories to show that maybe they're not this big bad corporation that Jason Schreier says, and they're maybe a, a little bit unique in the fact that they're, you know, from what I've seen and dealt with, and you know, and I've dealt with many situations with the community, with a lot of the things that went on with the community. Um, they're special in a way. I, I really believe that, and. Um, you know, unfortunately, we had COVID the last three years, but you know they were going, they were doing something really special with Xbox Fan Fest, like, and and just the community that they were building, even when they were went to these places, XO, and you know them just, you know, all these fans that they talk on Twitter, that they all became friends, and they they you know even when they, they went to uh, Brazil, I believe Phil went to Brazil. Um, there's been a lot of special things that they've done. Uh, just with the community that you know, again, these these stories need to be told and conveyed to get people kind of to really understand. And I do think that that obviously Phil comes from a very good place, and and Xbox, uh, you know, what they're trying to do is 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 pretty good. You know, it's it's awesome. And uh, yeah, again, it's those those type of stories that need to be told and. You know, uh, and 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 you know, they shape you, you. You know, you shape you shape the way people think about you, and and that's the way you could you know you could gain customers mm-hmm. that way. Yeah, and like even for the Xbox powered on, I love how like again they were more open about just everything about the business. Like again, how like I remember Shannon Loftus was talking about how. You know they screwed up with Linehead, for example. It's like you know what? Who who says that? Who says that from uh, you know and you know in, internally about their own studios? So 
you know they you know they they were more open about their mistakes and so on i mean even seeing bloody don matrick come back it was like whoa that's uh interesting having him back on um let's see going down the list here uh crusader i mean i would love to hear your thoughts on like this uh you know this job posting they have yeah. up like please go right ahead with your thoughts you know i think they are trying to step up their um their showcases and how they do them um some people didn't like the the what were they the indie showcases that they partnered with twitch for what, what exactly was that called it was the id on xbox showcases i think yeah i personally yeah. loved them i know they were super long and they probably should have been broken up but i loved the just letting the indie developers talk for like five ten minutes let them talk about their game because those are like people that don't get they don't have the money that like microsoft does to show off their stuff you know they're they're, they're an indie company and so i really like the um the concept of that and i think they can refine that and do that pretty well and you know we could get a couple of those a year ultimately i think they're trying to move towards four i think four bespoke and semi-themed events a year because if you look what they have they have the the big center point of the entire platform the e3 event in the summer every year then in the early fall they have uh, QuakeCon, and realistically, I think they're going to slowly turn that into like this is where our Bethesda, so our Bethesda subsidiary, this is where like we're going to have them show off some of their stuff. Like it might not be necessarily announced there, but we can have them show off some demos and things like that of, of their games coming up. Uh, I think we will see the return of the XOs in the winter time. I know that Phil said that they were really sad they couldn't have them during COVID. It wasn't from a lack of like stuff to show. It was that those are big in-person events and they move the venue every year so that they can have like community events all around the world. Right. Um, so I think once it's and I think by this winter it will be safe to have in-person events. So I think we we there's a very good chance of it coming back this winter, and with BlizzCon being on hiatus i believe that once that acquisition you know finalizes and that's under them i think they'll kind of rebrand um the uh the concept of blizzcon and move it into the spring and then they kind of have like a, a theme throughout the year they have xo and e3 like six months apart to kind of cover things platform wide then they have a bethesda bespoke event and a Blizzard Activision bespoke event at opposite points of the year as well. Right. And then in between, you know, I don't think we're ever going to get like the mini directs or anything like that because I think we're going to get to the point where we have at least one game launching every quarter that they're just going to have like, oh, this month this game's being shown off, this month this game's being shown off. And then you don't really need, um, the like medium-sized events because they just have coverage there there's there are enough studios internal and external partners that they're publishing like the um suerte from project suerte from uh uh certain affinity um you know the uh contraband the, the stuff like that that there, there's gonna be enough coverage month to month that like this month can just be about this game this month can just be about this game and we're not going to have to worry about it. We're we're just in this weird point of time where they they need to get to 
the consistent rollout. And I think we're going to be at that consistent rollout starting this fall with um, not Starfield, but what comes before Starfield? What was the other? What's the arcane game? Maybe Redfall. Redfall. That's it. I, I think that the the consistent quarterly drops are really going to start with Redfall. You could even maybe if there's uh if that uh that rumored game Josh Sawyer's game the uh, Pentiment if that is like a, a smaller game we could even see that come this summer mm. and you could even can say that consistently it's going to start with Ghostwire Tokyo but mm-hmm. um ultimately I I don't think there'll be a huge need for um the medium sized showcases because we're 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 just gonna have these games releasing, right? Um, so I I think that they can stick to the 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 four major events a year, plus um the ID at Xbox events, and then for Game Pass we have two Game Pass articles a month. You know we always know it's coming to Game Pass. Yeah, we we always know. Maybe tie a video to it and do it in a more flashy way, but like. You know, that that's one thing that Xbox has going for its marketing right now. Every two weeks, it's in the it, it's in the news. It's getting every website is covering. Hey, these six games are coming to Game Pass. You know. Um, and I I think once because like all the engines are firing right now, and but like once the consistent cycle goes, we're not even going to be having this discussion. It's just going to be. How good is the quality of the showcases? Because last year's E3 showcase was absolutely fantastic. It was one of the best Xbox ones on record. Maybe the only better one was when uh, Kojima revealed, wasn't it MGS5 he revealed on stage at at one of the 360 E3s? Tim, am I recalling that correctly? We'll say that again. What was it? What was it? There, heard... there was the the Kojima came out on stage and showed the uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. That was at an Xbox E3, right? Yeah, I, um, I do believe yeah, he was. I think it was like 2012, maybe. Yeah, 2012. It was when and, he was giving like compliments to Connect. Yeah. At that, 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 that time when Kojima. Yeah, that that might yeah. have been the only better E3 event besides last year's. Xbox's yeah. E3 event last year was fantastic, and I, I think that this hiring is less about making more events, but making the events that they have. Better. I agree, and I do think that you made a great point where you outlined Bethesda and you outlined Activision. Uh, th- those themselves, let's just go behind. Let's 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 go be before the acquisitions. They had their own shows and they had their own stuff that they used to do, so they can still have a continuation of that with Xbox, uh, only under the Xbox. Uh, you know, banter or or banner. I don't think they want to merge all of those events and be like, because I, I think they still want the like, oh, this is Blizzard's event where Blizzard's showing stuff. We're just gonna kind of put the Xbox logo on it. Like, exactly. I don't think that. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think they want to maintain. I think there's a very important point to maintaining Bethesda's kind of individuality, even beyond it's convenient for onboarding them. I think they want to maintain yeah. that brand because Agreed. there are people who are direct fans of that brand. So, uh, you know, I think... The, you think of what Peter did. If you yeah. make that a whole Xbox thing, there's really no use for Peter. 
Peter, yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? Like, so I agree 100%. Because uh, um, you know you, you have a distinct X, uh, a distinct Bethesda event. Yeah, it might not feel like an Xbox event to an Xbox fan, but I, I think over time that's going to grow and it's going to feel more like our own thing. You know, it'll be like symmetry, but, just with you it, but it gets to involved. be distinct, and right. I, I think that's the important thing that we, mm-hmm. we need these. We, I don't want four Xbox E3s a year. I really don't. What no, I want I is agree. I want a big Xbox E3. I want a big showcase that focuses on the um, the original the, the the studios that are considered the Xbox game studios that are under Matt Booty. I want one that focuses on Bethesda, and I want one that focuses on Activision. You know, like give everyone give, have one big one that has everyone, and then give me some individual ones and let them mm-hmm. be themselves. Let Pete be himself at his own event. Let um, Mike Yabara at Blizzard be himself at a blizzard event you know what i mean a hundred percent and i think that i think that's that's important yeah i think that that you know um very good subject to pick uh Mm -hmm. you know i think that uh good job there that this is uh more than uh a lot of people kind of swifted through and said oh yeah that's cool you know how many games is it gonna mean but um I think that yeah, I think that we pretty much covered it in a in a in a in a, in a thorough way. Uh, that you know, um, obviously, I have my my individual take, and Crusader uh, just pointed out uh, some some smart points because this is a time where they do have Activision now, and that's going to be part of the future, and. You know, say what you want, but Activision is going to have some a ton of shit. They have a ton of studios. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, they're not going to be the days of them. You know, uh, trying to meet. Uh, you know, taking uh, uh, studio uh, developers off a studio like they did to get Modern Warfare done. I think are over. I think that they're going to resettle, and I think the I think this Xbox purchase for Activision. I honestly say this, to be honest, I think it's good for the company. I think it's good for their workplace was was dog shit. Uh, Xbox has always had a good standing with employees for the most part, especially under Phil. Phil's very hands-off. He's very, hey, you know, um, uh, you know, you do your thing. And, and, I mean, listen, some people will say maybe that's not the right idea. Maybe Phil should be knocking down Bonnie's uh, door right now and saying, what the hell's going on? Um, but, uh, you know, I think Phil's fair, and I think he's a, a good person to, to you know, to be a CEO of, of a gaming company, especially when it comes to workplace type stuff. Uh, you know, he listen, when we talk about, like, women... And you know uh, the you know unfair pay and stuff like that. Uh, Phil is you know somebody who is not going to be uh, somebody who doesn't listen to that stuff. I think he he will be very open to it. Uh, you know Phil doesn't even curse, and if you curse in a if you curse in a room with a with a woman in it, you know he gets he gets like annoyed. You know what I mean? He doesn't think that's you know, so you know, so the point is, is that, you know, he 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 he's gonna, you know, the, there was talk about you know uh, the stuff that went on in Activision, that shit's not gonna fly with Phil. It might have flew with Bobby, 
but it's not going to fly with Phil. And it'll, and it'll be addressed, and it will be addressed probably right now, and it's being addressed in a sincere way. That's why I do believe, uh, you know, not to spin this to Activision, but um, I think Xbox really makes a lot of sense for the Activision deal, if you think about it, and you look at it and the way it went uh, down, you know. I don't think is there anything nefarious that went out, you know, they... They they had they the stock went to crap or lost thirty percent, and Bobby you know uh, he had a lot of problems, he had scandals, and they were one of four other companies that went after him, and uh, I just think that they they won, and 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 I do think that they would improve Activision uh, in a lot of ways and a lot of good ways. That's. You know? one of the aces in the hole uh, Microsoft has uh, going into this whole FTC thing on acquiring Activision was what Bobby Kotick and everything that Activision was doing was actually devaluing the company. They're like, they're not as valuable as people thought they were because of what was going on. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. No, excellent points, guys. Excellent points for sure. Oh, shock, buddy. I noticed that you uh, kind of snuck in the back door there. Uh, how you doing, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. Ah. So uh, Batman earlier in the day. So that was pretty sweet. So. <laughs> oh, nice. But uh, haven't been haven't been doing much otherwise. But. <laughs> All right. Do you want to chime in here on uh, just uh, the end of the uh, this Xbox events topic? Uh, you know, Xbox is uh, presumably hiring for this position that deals with uh, events and just, you know, more fan interaction. Uh, like, you know, what's your take on it? Uh, do you think that, like, you know, they'll uh, do more interactive shows? Do you think we'll get more documentaries? Like, you know, what, what's your take on all this? Yeah, I mean, that's what people have been asking for for a while was like hey can you at least do like you did like stop doing the 90 whatever two or three hour shows like we've talked about before just do kind of like what nintendo does in the sense like you know uh, lock it down to a, a 10 minute you know or whatever it is but just make it like game after game after game kind of like they've been doing on their e3s They've let pretty much those do the talking, and that's about it. That's about it. Um, so just do that. But yeah, I think kind of like what Crusader was saying. Really, they're not going to need to show or really have any here soon, because I mean, you're pretty much just going to have, hey, what's the new announcement of what's dropping in Game Pass? Cool. Oh, okay, the new, you know, whatever game from Obsidian is dropping, or whatever, like, or whatever big third-party deal they got to fill the gap. Kind of like they did with like Outriders or MLB the Show. So I mean, they don't really need one because so so many of their base, not so many, but like you know, big chunk of their hardcore base has Game Pass. So they already know like, hey, you're gonna just check out what's on what's new on Game Pass this month. You know, if it's anything decent. Um. So I mean, whereas a direct, you're gonna need to tell people about some of these indies or some of these other third-party games coming because people actually have to go out and, you know, purchase it. <laughs> Whereas if you're a Game Pass member, it's just already in your subscription you already were subscribed to. So you're not paying any additional. So you're just, you're going to find those games anyway with Game Pass. You're, you know, like, oh, let me try this, you know, what's what's new this month or what's new this week? 
that's you know it's it's usually the first almost the first uh category when you go to your like game pass section so you're going to look at that first and check those out anyway they're already going to be spotlighted so whatever um so i mean i don't think they really need it but it'd be cool if if they if they're going to continue to do shows stop doing whatever those three hour or two hour whatever shows were where people just kind of waste everybody's time but (laughs) hopefully they improve it hopefully this is a step in that direction so Mm -hmm. yeah one can hope i mean obviously this is still early on if they're just uh putting the job out there but how do they seem to have uh you know some things rolling there anyways i think a lot of people have a good idea of what they want to do and uh, you know probably things we're not thinking about either way uh looking at the chat here atl with the ten dollar super chat hey he says the super chat works thanks for the show uh thanks buddy we appreciate having you here it's always great seeing you here and uh yeah th- thanks for the super chat awesome uh and guys don't forget uh, to hit the like button if you're in uh, enjoying the chat and hey share this out let everybody know that we are live right now uh, guys, why don't we move on to uh, some other bits of news, and, uh, you know, we're just talking a bit about uh, Game Pass and whatnot, and, hey, wouldn't you know it, we got some, uh, a slew of new games entering the service, including, uh, well, one that was a surprise hit, a lot of uh, really good uh, consumer feedback, that was Guardians of the Galaxy was added to the service, along with Kentucky Route Zero, and Lightning Returns, that uh, Final Fantasy game, and, you know, a few others. Uh, Centurion, buddy, I know that this is a title that you have been uh, interested in. Uh, like, I'm not sure if uh, you've picked it up, if you've played it yet. Uh, is this, like, a pick for you uh, to play in Game Pass? You know, what's up there? Dude, I have been waiting for Kentucky Route Zero to come out. And... <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't do that to you. No, dude, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy was an awesome surprise for me and i mean surprise because i'm gonna be up front when you put the word square enix behind a game right now it, it don't look too good and i mean i was burnt on avengers um i got uh i even bought outriders and so i held back on buying guardians of the galaxy and all of a sudden everybody was talking about the game they were all talking about the game, uh, the HDR, how beautiful it looked, how great the character play was. I had to check it out. Um, it went on sale for the holidays, so I picked it up. Or, and I actually played that game until I beat it. I had an absolute blast playing Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I think it was actually done better than the movies. Um, not trying to be a critic, but I mean... I felt like there was way better chemistry between the characters. Their interactions were funny as hell. My wife actually sat around watching me play the game just to hear Rocket um, talk trash to everybody. And that was one of the high points of that game is just constantly hear him just tear it. It doesn't matter who or what he is talking to. He is talking trash constantly, making you laugh. Um, Drax was way better in the games than it was in the movies. Way more dialogue, way better character death depth. Um, I could go on all day long. There was even some, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like 
there were some decisions you had to make um, that would affect the game a little bit, especially um, if you chose to make nice with a character or to completely piss them off and make them your enemy. I mean, there was some things that would affect the overall game. Um, and it was very definitely a very well-written story. If you guys haven't checked out Guardians of the Galaxy, now is the time to do it, um, and you will definitely, in my opinion, enjoy this, especially if you're a Marvel fan. All right, good to know, good to know. Because, again, that kind of fell under everybody's radar, this Guardians of the Galaxy game, especially uh, with, uh, what was it, the Avengers game coming out? Oh, like yeah, year dude. Before? People were kind of like, uh, you know, not sure what this is going to be like. There was concern, and I'll admit, like, I, I wasn't too sure about it myself because there wasn't a, a lot of marketing surprisingly around it um i just i i just thought that it was a really pretty game and then i saw people sharing screenshots of it i was like oh you know what the art direction of this is pretty cool and it looks like a lot of fun and then i was just hearing a lot of this like good feedback you know from everybody sharing uh, their thoughts on the game and you know there was a lot of uh momentum around it uh, from what i was seeing it was just kind of uh, interesting right it was like one a, a surprise sleeper in a lot of ways a sleeper hit oh definitely um especially um i even think it took like game of the year for like best writing or something like i i know it got i know it got a game award for that for that year i mean it was definitely out of left field a surprise to the gaming community for sure all right, all right. I mean, it's great to have your recommendation on it because, I mean, I, I would... Actually, yeah, you know, I think I will download it on Game Pass because it's one of those games that I was like, well, you know, I might hold off because, you know me, guys, I, I constantly talk about the backlog. I'm going through some uh, PS5 games right at the moment now just trying to wade my way through it. Uh, I'm just kind of curious, anybody else on the panel played Guardians of the Galaxy? Yes, no? Hmm? I have not, but it is on, like the short list because of that game pass drop of course right along with me me too man me too uh, how about you shock have uh you played guardians of the galaxy or is on is it on your list um i haven't but i did like a couple months ago <laughs> all right all right but i sold my uh i sold a bunch of stuff i just wasn't using anymore so my amiibo collection so yeah Got a pretty good penny out of that from uh, our local used game shop, so I turned those into uh, uh, Xbox store credit. So I, it was on sale. It was like I think it was on sale for like thirty bucks, uh, like a month ago. So I was like, yeah, everybody's saying it's pretty, pretty sweet game. So pick that one up. But so I'm not losing too much sleep over it coming to Game Pass. Mm -hmm. I have so much of my backlog, I'd, I'd probably leave Game Pass by the time I get around to it. So. Right. What about you, Timmy? Uh, is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy on your download list, or are you uh, weeding your way through your own backlog? I'm weeding my way through my own backlog. I, I have Elden Ring that I'm really looking forward to. I've been playing Cyberpunk. I've been really enjoying it this last week. It's uh, been a tough week for me uh, as far as uh, just stuff going on with the family, um, work, um, certain things like that. So I haven't really played. I also have my Xbox that I usually play. Um, well, I have a couple Xbox here, but I had to take it off 
uh, and put it on the main TV last night to watch the Kobe Covington fight. So I got to switch that back. But, um, yeah, uh, I have to say, um, impressive get for Game Pass. This game's a sleeper, I've heard. Um, you know, I know everyone doesn't like the guy, but he's actually been pretty cool lately. Uh, crap gamer <laughs> I had talked to about it, and he, and he, I was on a show with him. And the way he explained it, I have to say, uh, was probably one of the coolest ways he explained it. He said that, the like, just he sold me on the game. Uh, I've heard that, like, even though that they're not the same characters as they are in the movie, uh, the show, that they really, they do, the dialogue is top-notch, and they, you know, you don't even think of it. That's how good it is. Um, and I've heard that from several people. Um, so, yeah, a lot of people sold me on the game. I want to play it. I cannot believe that, that the game is in Game Pass. Um, get it and play it. That's a, that's a real nice, that's, you know... Xbox might not have the most games right now exclusively. They're going through a little stretch here. But when you have games like that drop in there out of nowhere, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to playing it. I, I, I probably will pro- play it right after I play Cyberpunk. I'm going to wait on Elden Ring because, um, I don't know, maybe I'm going to play out. Maybe I'll play them both. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really nice get for Game Pass and... Uh, yeah, I get it. People are getting sick of everyone like us and saying, oh, Game Pass is amazing. They just keep freaking smashing our faces with games. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw the video. Uh, there was a pretty funny video where this guy was doing it. It was like a TikTok. And he was like, oh, I'm Game Pass. And they were feeding him the games and he could never get full. And, you know, they were talking about the games. They're like, hey, well, here's EA, you know, here's EA Play. And the guy's like, I'm still hungry. And then they, like, threw a game at him. Like, they threw uh, uh, Guardians at him. And he's like, still want more. And it was just the way it was funny. Um, but, yeah, listen, Game Pass is, it's, listen, it's freaking insane. It's it's yeah. It's made it to the point where you can't keep up. I mean, I know, listen, I'm... 40, 45 years old. Do I play as much as I played when I was in my 20s? No. But I play a good amount, but there's times where just Game Pass just comes and they drop like super... That that game... Another game I recommend is uh, Super Mega Baseball 3. Give it a try. It's kind of funny. It's quirky and it's, it's very addictive. But like they drop that and then they drop uh, you know, two other games, and then they drop Galaxy. It's just like they just bombard you with games, and they 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 beat you into submission. And uh, it's a great thing as a gamer, and 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 uh, it's uh, you know, it's it's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And again, like not to toot Game Pass's horn all the time. You know, it just it seems like you know we're always talking about you know oh Game Pass this, Game Pass that, but it's like. I get to try a lot of games there that I'm just paying like a nominal fee for. I mean, it's it's good. <laughs> I don't really know what to say. I get to try some indie games that I'm interested in or, you know, that I would have written off. And then it's like, oh, wow, I, I, I played through that game and it's amazing. And I'm, I'm glad I had the opportunity to. Or even some of the larger games. Like I would have written off uh, Outriders when it came out last year on this. Uh, you know, I wouldn't buy it. 
I played it. I mean, I still haven't beaten it, but it was like, oh, you know, I had a pretty decent experience despite, you know, some of the issues and so on. And I can go on about other games. It's just, it's, it, it's uh, fantastic that way. But uh, with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, though, yeah, I will definitely give it a go. I uh, I will bump it up the list. I just got to finish uh, Ratchet and Clank, and then I will get to it. Oh, I, then I will get to it. <laughs> Clank is so good. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I'm playing Rift Apart right now. I'm I think yeah. I'm about halfway through, so it's uh it's good. It's good. I'm enjoying my time with it. Uh, very pretty game. I love the the colors. I'm a big fan of the art style. Um, but yeah, guys, let's uh, move on to the final topic of the night. And uh, hey, guess what? Uh, a new report from uh, Famitsu has come out uh, regarding Japanese sales for uh, Xbox as a whole. And they're stating that around 2.3 million Xbox consoles have been sold across all generations, all Xbox generations, with the Xbox 360 leading the way with over half of those numbers. Uh, you know, the 360 was uh, quite the beast. People forget that. Uh, but shockly, bud, uh, there's obviously, you know, a small fan base of Xbox fans in this region. And Xbox boss uh, Phil Spencer, he's stated that, you know, there will be more support uh, for the brand in the uh, Japanese region this gen. Uh, what do you think Xbox needs to to do to uh, to better cater to the Japanese market, would you say? Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, well, I mean, tang having Tango under your belt would definitely help, but unfortunately, their next game is or next exclusive game would be probably a ways off. Um, but yeah, just trying to get either more talent or hopefully maybe they can work out something with Platinum Games. <laughs> um, but yeah, just kind of like what they did with the 360 when they kind of catered to them early on. You know, it didn't help out too much, but it was their most successful. Um, but yeah, if they can get... Uh, uh, was it Mist uh, Mist Walker? I forget the <laughs> dev name, but like kind of like them back then when uh, they were making. Uh, I think it was the developer, the uh, creator, co-creator from like Final Fantasy, got them to make RPGs like Lost Odyssey, and um, then they had Blue Dragon. So they had quite a few other, you know, uh, popular, you know, in very pretty pretty good. I think. Lost Odyssey was definitely like a banger for them. I think Blue Dragon had some mixed uh, reception, but um, overall quality games that definitely appeal to that market. Um, so they just need to, you know, definitely find at least they have all the Western RPG unlocked just by default. <laughs> um, yeah. So if they can just maybe at least sign some deals, maybe find some talent there and like, hey, give them, hey, you have an idea for a game. Kind of like when they when Xbox first started, and they were hearing pitches for like GTA Three when they passed on that. Like, but you know they can get pitches from like smaller uh, devs that are in Japan and help fund them. Obviously, they might not be able. It might be hard to purchase um, developers over there right now, but um, at least they could fund and publish a game that's totally in the realm of possibility. So that's that'd probably be a pretty good step for them. Just at least. Uh, fill the gap since PlayStation's gonna have a lot of that stuff unlocked, like Final. Because that's that's the other thing is you're gonna have you'll be going up against, uh, you know, a PS5 in Japan that's you know locking away a lot of the Square Japanese 
um, in like JRPG games, kind of like uh, Final Fa- the next Final Fantasy, and and pretty much anything that we would deem as like you know uh, from that from that culture. Obviously, Square's fine with putting Guardians of the Galaxy. That's not going to be big, you know, hit over probably a big huge hit over there. But um, all the other you know more Japanese. Uh, games that we would think of like JRPGs they're pretty much locking away with timed exclusives so um, to combat that definitely maybe finding some uh, other talent there that you can you know fund some project get some exclusives under your belt that could definitely help Um, but you know they could definitely just continue to make their push with xCloud because that's where Nintendo is running circles around both of them (laughs) and I don't even think they really have, you know, other than like the basic Nintendo, like first party games, you know, they don't have too much, but that's, that's all they need. But also it being a mobile device and that's big there. So, you know, definitely making sure people are aware of that. Hey, you already have, everybody's, you know, playing mobile games over there. Hey, just, you have xCloud right there in your hand. So make sure that's well known because a lot of people probably just don't know you know xbox as a brand is an afterthought there for sure so if people don't you know know that that's a thing then you know so they definitely need to probably make that a, a bigger push um because i would think it would be more popular <laughs> than it is even though it's the xbox brand that might still might be their uh roadblock but um but yeah that's that's that would be my guess is just like you know to plan some projects or do do something along those lines. Otherwise, it, and look what they did with the 360, and that's as much as they moved the needle. And that's when they had all that good press, and they like we're half the price. Those so that's going to be a tough tough one to you know beat. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Crusader. I saw you know some uh, comments in the chat here. Um, like, I, I mean, I have a feeling you're going to lean towards uh, the mobility aspect, if I'm not mistaken, correct? So, <laughs> I have, they, they need a multi-front effort. The biggest form of success for them is going to be xCloud on the mobile phone. That That is going to be their biggest form of success. Portable mobile gaming is huge in Asia in general, whether it be Japan, China, um you know, anywhere around there, big into mobile gaming. So getting the, uh, getting people to know that they can play on their phones, doing things like they're doing in Korea right now, where they're teaming up with the uh, mobile providers so that you can get Game Pass, like, as a perk through your subscription, kind of like how, like, Verizon you in the United States, you can get Disney+. Plus. Well, target a phone company over there and make it so this phone company comes with... Uh, with uh, Xbox Game Pass, because it's not going to be just about selling the consoles. And that's true for anywhere, but that's especially true in the Asian market. Um, They need to partner with more studios. Um, I I really, really hope that Jeff Grubb is correct and they're partnering with um, uh, Kojima Productions for that cloud-centric whatever he is going to make with that weird brain of his. that would be an incredible partnership. Um, they 
it is really good that um, I want to go back to something that Shock was saying with the um, with Tango GameWorks. Uh, according to an interview that they did in a fireside chat, it was Tango and Phil Spencer. You know, they were all. It was it was a good talk. I can get a link to anyone if they want it. Um, where he said that they have two more games in production currently after um, Ghostwire Tokyo. So they have three games in production right there that are going to um, kind of help put... Well, I mean, Ghostwire Tokyo probably won't help push the brand because it's PlayStation first. But um, the other two will certainly help push the brand. Um, partnering with some indie studios, some smaller indie studios that might make some smaller um, JRPGs would be really good. Um like uh I, I know they're partnering with those studios that are making the I think it's pronounced Yuden Chronicles. There's like Yuden Rising and Yuden Chronicles. It was announced at uh E3 last year. Two oh, of yeah. them, one's coming out this year, one's coming out next year. That's pretty good. Um they need to keep doing like the partnerships with the um advertising like they did with Scarlet Nexus and um uh, the part, the the advertising partnership they had with Tales of Arise, they, they need to keep that stuff up. And I actually do hope we heard that stuff a couple weeks back about um, Platinum wanting to. They were yes. serious about wanting to reboot um, uh, Scalebound, even if they don't reboot Scalebound. Working with Platinum would be pretty big in its own, you know. Well, even um, that they were talking about. Hey, you know, we'd be interested in being bought. Just you know, we want creative freedom. Yeah. Yeah, I doubt that they would acquire them anytime soon just because I don't see any purchases happening until after the Blizzard. Well, they might just... be a little cheaper now because Babylon's Fall isn't exactly <laughs> that was really bad. Yeah, it's not like uh, really great. bad. I, I don't think it's a cost thing. I think it's a more of a regulation thing. They they don't want to have they don't want it to look like they're buying everyone up. Um even if they are. Uh, <laughs> and then the biggest thing that it is bigger above all others, and Jez Corden harps on this like every two to three months on Windows Central. They need better regional support, regional pricing. They need better... Um, they, they need to make sure that they have uh, Japanese subtitles, Japanese audio, um, they, they need better just support for other languages in general, not even just in Japan, around the world. This needs to be better. Um, and th that's probably the biggest thing. They, they need to show any foreign audience that you're just as important to our English-speaking audiences. Mm. That is something that Xbox has had probably the most trouble with next to nintendo but nintendo doesn't really care because their stuff sells like hotcakes anyways because it's like the best family-friendly content that there is um <laughs> that they can get away with it um you know sony's never really had this problem they they do really well at targeting international audiences no matter really where you are this is something that xbox really needs to improve upon and they they have gradually um Ever since they announced the Series X, they have got they've improved basically quarterly in this. But that that's probably the biggest thing. They they need to make foreign audiences feel like 
they are not a second-class citizen, that they are just as important. And having an Xbox Wire in Japan, that was opened, what, last yes. week? Yeah, having that yes. is huge. Yes. They, they need an Xbox Wire for every country. Yeah, I know that's right. probably really hard to staff, but they, they need it for multiple languages that are really important. Um, they, I don't know if there's a Chinese one. They, they, if there isn't, they need an Xbox wire China period. If, um, they don't have an Italian, German or French, uh, French one, I think they do for those three, but if they don't, they need them. Um, they, they need to target the foreign audiences and have good translations um, probably an Arabic one too, um, and they need to make sure that in their games, with, especially with the the Arabic ones, that they are actually using proper Arabic and putting it on the pages correctly, because that's something a lot of game companies struggle with, that they don't actually, because um, you know our stuff is written left to right, whereas Arabic's right to left, and a lot of game companies, if you look at what they put on like like in the games, they they put it left to right, and it it right. doesn't make sense to read. These it's those kinds of things that they need to look at and be like, okay, this is how we improve. This is how we reach more foreign audiences, and they they need to hire the best people for that. They need to get as like as good of translators as they can. Like this shouldn't be something that they should be skimping on. It should be something that they should be putting at the forefront. They're Microsoft. They can afford it. You know. No. Uh, no cutting corners when it comes to onboarding new regions you go hard make them feel like they're one of us because i want them to be one of us i love when i see on twitter uh japanese people getting their, their xbox for the first time and being really happy i love responding to them and telling them hey try this game try that game you know and we need better support for those countries just to tell them what's up mm -hmm. right and yeah just to piggyback off of that too i mean they had a whole bunch of memorable games at the beginning of the 360 uh, era yep uh whether it be like off the top of my head i know tales of vesperia was uh yep. yeah quite... uh, my yeah. friend took my xbox 360 in high school because it was the one that she or not in high school in college because it was the one that she had never played and she loved the tales of series and I let her play it, and she was having the time of her life with it. Mm. Um, what, Blue Dragon's another, I think? Yes. Um, Lost Odyssey. Um, yep. Last Remnant, I think? Like, there's there's a few. There's, like, they came out pretty hard the first couple of years. Like, uh, there's probably a couple of that I just, like, uh, totally, totally uh, not remembering, but it's just... You know, they, they had, like, everybody can at least remember a, a couple of games from early on the 360 era. And again, you know, Xbox One and, you know, even now, like, not, not that many. I mean, they're doing better now, but it's just, like, we need to see, you know, some actual exclusive push and for them to uh, do some deals. I know that, you know, they... Uh, uh, we know that they're talking and they're they're signing some stuff. It's just you know it's a matter of just getting the ball rolling here. Uh, Centurion, buddy, like what what do you think the uh, what do you think needs to happen here? Uh, do they need to sign some studios, make some acquisitions, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, or you you know better marketing and so on? Like you know what's your take here? 
my take is probably something it's pretty much what crusader already said um from chatting with Stubbs and other people over in the uk from that part of the world um that just kind of get a little bit more info from uh the like because there is definitely um a large uh diverse community over in the uk and he actually gets to conversate with uh people that actually do speak other languages other other than english and he definitely pointed out as well exactly what crusader said that there is definitely not the amount of support that is needed uh for language and um translating it properly i've heard this complaint i don't know how many times over the years um, and I feel like that is actually Microsoft's biggest hurdle is, you know, le- Tim Dog talked about how great Microsoft really is. They are really a great company. They, um, w- in my opinion, are one of the few hardware manufacturers that actually um, dedicate a certain amount of the money for making hardware to creating hardware for people with disabilities like the... Um, uh, the adaptive controller and the accessories that go along with it. Um, other gaming companies, gar- um, gaming ma- uh, hardware manufacturers rely on third-party companies to do this, but Microsoft actually puts money to creating these uh, proverbials, and I feel Microsoft needs to put a little bit more money towards making the games accessible on a language sense and definitely i feel that would give them a really good push in the right direction and then obviously marketing getting more studios on board from that region and getting more games from that region on the platform would definitely help push that into the right direction but i do really feel the number one goal that they should focus on first is actually getting the the accessibility down for different regions with different language barriers. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's some good stuff being said in the chat here because there's a lot of talk about X cloud. And I know over the, the past couple of years, we've, we've spoken a lot about X cloud and how they've been, you know, uh, testing it out in uh, South Korea, partnering with Samsung on a few things. Uh, but they, they definitely need to do, like, uh, like again, uh, just market xCloud and uh, the, the portability aspect, too. Because, uh, you know, there, there was a mention of the PlayStation 5 and how it's doing there. I mean, it's doing all right, but you look at what Nintendo's doing with their portable console, the Nintendo Switch. I think they've sold something like, you know, uh, 20 million consoles in Japan alone. I mean, I could be mistaken. I could be off on the number, but... It's doing insanely well there. Why? Because it's compact, it's portable. And I mean, of course, a lot of the games there are, are suited for uh, the Japanese marketplace. But the console itself, again, you know, there there's a, you know, culture-wise, very different. And portability is a big, big thing. I mean, it might not be graphics. It might not be this, that. But I totally agree with what Crusader's saying about again localizing you know a lot of the uh you know doing better with again how they do translations and so on and just being able to again focus more on the the uh, transportability and the compactness and just uh, doing something about that tim did you want to chime in uh no i just wanted to say um 
I'm actually uh, I'm <laughs> something happened on Twitter. You'll read it. It's it's very disturbing. But oh shit. Um, <laughs> uh, listen, I hate this subject because I don't think. I think, listen, I think Xbox's only way that they can do this is the way they're trying to do it. Now, you know, like with the Xbox Wire, uh, I think that they they have to embed themselves. They have to make themselves, um, they have to have workers who are working for Xbox. Uh, I would always say maybe have a studio if they could. They need people to be a part of, of Xbox because uh, there's a lot of learning that that needs to be done, or you know, there 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 has to be uh, a way of um, them to try to get get the second class citizen like the way they feel like they they're not looked apart, they're not taken seriously, and I don't know if they'll ever get that uh, if even as hard as they try. So um, my best bet was be try to try to just. You know, build a build build locations to like where whatever you can have studios or developers and and or stuff like Xbox Wire, uh, you know, and uh, understand what they're like. You know, we shouldn't have any localization problems. We should have uh, that all taken care of. Understand what their problems are, what they want. Uh, it's just Japan in itself. It's just a very, very hard proposition for Xbox. I've always said that. I think that they really tried the best way ever when the 360 eras, and that's when they sold the most. But for all the work that they did and all the money that they they put in, they didn't get the, you know, the kickback that they were that they were looking for. And I don't know they if they'll ever get keep that. it up. Yeah. That was the that's one of the things they just stopped in the Xbox One era, right? You know, they they have to listen. They have to. I think you said it best. Like, just gotta handle handle it in a first class manner. Like, they gotta treat them the way they treat the, you know, the the North the the, the North American fans. You know, they have to. You know, not when like I remember. I think the guy from uh, Platinum was complaining that Phil was, or, or, or that Xbox was presenting Japan and they were only speaking English. Like, they, uh, you know, they were, they, they need to be respected, is my point, and or taken seriously, and it's, it's, I hate to say it, it's going to take a long time. Um, and they have to, again, they have to get people that work for Xbox that start embedding themselves in the community itself. And maybe people there will give Xbox more of a chance. Because, uh, you know, I think that they would, that they're going the right routes in a lot of aspects. And Japan can get behind this. I just think that. They have a lot of work to do, and and sometimes I just throw my hands up and say it's never going to happen. But you know they keep trying, and uh, maybe one day that they'll they'll do well. Yeah, there. But it's going to be long time coming. 
you know how we were talking about like the 360 JRPGs they made? Remake them. Hire a new studio, an indie studio in Japan, and have them remade by a Japanese developer. Uh, you know, we've called for, I've called for so many remakes of so many games, like Banjo Kazooie and stuff like that. I think I'm going to start calling for the remakes of those JRPGs. I think it would be, it is a property they own that they could license out and have a Japanese studio do something with. You know what I mean? Like re reboot those franchises and do something cool with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to... Uh... That would be a good idea. Yeah, because, again, a lot of those games, like, I mean, they are memorable, like, to a lot of people, but it would be nice to introduce them to, like, a newer generation, too, because, again, when we're talking about some of these early 360 games, you know, people forget that that's, like, you know, 2006, 2007, 2008, like, <laughs> you know, it's like going back in a time machine, and it would be nice uh, to be able to get some remasters of those, I mean... Lost Odyssey again, a, a beloved game. I know that. Uh, Blue Dragon, uh, again, very unique title. I know that that's liked by many people, and so on. So yeah, they they could do that. Actually, I think that's a great idea. While investing, you'd be shipping them. You'd mm -hmm. be shipping them on Game Pass day one. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, like obviously, there's a lot of moving parts. Like there's so much going on with microsoft and xbox at the moment in their game division and it keeps growing and i mean i really hope they do that or they ink out some deals and so on for some new properties like yeah i mean uh, there's probably a lot going on right now that we don't know about but yeah you know it would be nice to see some of those classics return i think you make a good point there um but yeah, guys, you know what? I think on that note, uh, you know, looking at the clock, I think now would be a good time to start closing down the show. And I gotta say, uh, fun talk, fun talk with the gang tonight, uh, discussing. Well, you know, looking at the list here: Halo Infinite season two, Xbox event hirings, uh, Game Pass updates, uh, Xbox Japan sales report, and you know, a few other things. A shout-out to everyone that tuned in live. Again, you guys rock, and we really appreciate your support so much. It, it really does mean a lot. If you did enjoy tonight's talk, then, hey, you know what? Consider leaving a like, subbing to the channel, and sharing this out across Twitter and you know other social media sites. Again, really good show tonight, folks. Now let's get to uh, some of these outros. Uh, starting off with our guest here, uh, Crusader Bud. Uh, you know, we really enjoy having you on. It was great having you, sharing your thoughts and views on the topics. Uh, where can all these wonderful people uh, follow you at? On Twitter, you can follow me at, at Crusader3456. Um, I have most of my other like gaming stuff in my profile there, and you can follow me on Reddit. I'm a mod of r slash gaming leaks and rumors. I post mega threads of like trying to compile um, leaks and rumors for um, Microsoft there. Um, my most recent one went up a month ago and uh, or so, um, so you you can see that already out of date hilariously. <laughs> All right, good to know, good to know. And yeah, guys, he, he uh, does a pretty darn good job moderating there. I see, uh, you know, he definitely knows his stuff. He keeps up to date on things. So yeah, check it out on Reddit. 
Uh, moving over to the TXR crew, uh, Tim Doc. Hey, bud, uh, loved your thoughts and perspective tonight, as per usual. Always some good insight. Uh, where can these fine people follow you at? Um, they can follow me on Twitter, xCloud Tim Dog. And what is going on on Twitter right now uh, is if you want to see to, if you got to see it to believe it. Uh, absolutely the craziest thing I've ever seen probably with this stupid console stuff uh, console war and stuff but um, yeah other than that been I'm exhausted uh, got, got work tomorrow been a tough week I haven't played much but other than cyberpunk I'm trying to get some clues and I can't figure it out uh, so I might have to go the YouTube trick to just get past this uh, you know analysis on cyberpunk 2077 but yeah, like I said, go check out my Twitter right now. Uh, there are some laughs, but it's pretty, pretty crazy what's going on right now. <laughs> All right, I gotta take a look at that. Uh, You'll say I, Crusader saw it. <laughs> All right, that's, yeah, gonna, that's that's gonna be a big, big story. I think. Oh boy! Oh, it's, that, oh, okay. it's absolutely that crazy. All right, I'll take a look at it in a sec. Uh, moving on to Centurion, buddy. Hey, always a good time having you in the house. Uh, where can everybody find you? Uh, well, gentlemen, uh, another Sunday night, another great show, great conversation. Thank you to the guests for joining us. Always a great conversation. Um, Crusader, I'm bad with names. For those who do want to find me, please find me at Centurion1307 on YouTube, Xbox Live, and, of course, Twitter. And you can also find me right here every Sunday night right here on the TXR podcast. Holy crap, Tim. You weren't kidding. Wow. That's, uh, ooh, man. Did you see the video? He's talking about it. Everyone's talking about it now. He, now I'm, I'm seeing it. Now. I haven't seen the video, but I see the screen. Cap. I see the video. Yeah, it, it, yeah the, the video's in the in the screen, in, like in the chat of the thing, because yeah, it was. They tried to delete it, I guess. Oh no! Already, already, people are contacting his job, just so you know. And there's also people who wrote bad reviews about the the place. I mean. Uh, I don't, I'm not going into it right now because yeah. my mind is blown. But like, like really, guys, think better with the console war. Cause it's not a real war, man. There's a real war going on in Ukraine, yeah. so maybe it's time to really kind of chill out. I mean, this is a—I've never seen this amount of uh, stupidity going on. You know, I don't know. I can imagine oh. going to seventh school and you throw it away like that. I hope you know. Listen, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you can feel much empathy for that either, or or feel for the guy too. Like you gotta know better. Uh, yeah, that's. Just, I don't even know. Words cannot describe at this point from what I'm seeing. Oh man. Uh, moving down here, Shockley, buddy. Hey, I know you came in halfway, but uh, you had some really good perspectives tonight as well. Uh, where can these fine people follow you? And. Let's see. Shockley take off? No. Yes, no. Shock? Well, Shock's away from his mic right now. But you can follow him on Shock Nero on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, 
Yeah, uh, Shock had some really great insights tonight. Uh, he'll probably pop in soon. Uh, and yeah, to uh, round out the group, uh, the Xbox bunch, if you will, this is Invader, and you can find my content on YouTube at Invader Gaming. I'm also on Twitter at Invader underscore 1986. Uh, fun times, everyone, and uh, yeah, we're already looking forward to next Sunday's show. 